I don't know. I guess I would just say, just be as cheesy as it sounds like, just be true to yourself and just give yourself 100%. Ooh. Yeah. Like, like instead of like, you know, like give 100% of your job and everything, like give 100% to yourself. Like, give 100% to being your true self. Wow. to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And yeah, we're back with another episode. I'm here with a uh, special guest. Kind of give you like a, a bit of a background about how we know each other. Um, we uh, worked together uh, at this gym called Impact Fitness. It was first a Gold's Gym, and then it got rebranded to an Impact Fitness, and then it tanked. <laughs> uh, but that was like, 2015, 2016, 2015? Yeah, around the time, yeah. Yeah, and then I basically moved away, stopped working there, um, and we remained in contact. Um, but we kind of hung out for the first time in like five years, like last week, getting coffee. Yeah. And then like any guest that I reconnect <laughs> with after, or any friend, excuse me, that I reconnect with over a long period of time, I just then force them to <laughs> be on my podcast uh, so we can have a good conversation. Um, but what's up, Eddie? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, yeah I'm good. I shouldn't ask you that question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna ask it to you again. But, no, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, it's, uh, what, February 2nd? Yes. 2021. It's like 8 o'clock at night. Um, and before we really get rolling, because I'm going to ask you a question, we got to shout out the unofficial sponsor. <laughs> Bud Light. Bud Light. So shout out to Bud Light, the unofficial, official, unofficial, official, unofficial, official, official, unofficial, unofficially official sponsor of Jackson Talks, everybody. I feel like they had to be in every, like you have to tag them in everything. Everything. Right? Everything, yeah. I feel like you should just get a big banner and just put it behind you that says Bud Light. That's a great idea. Yeah, you really should just hang up a big banner that says Bud Light. Yeah, because I'm not, uh, you know, I'm I'm not obsessed with this background. Yeah. You know? It looks good, but it doesn't really look great on camera because, like, they can't even see what's here. Yeah. Um, you see the bottom of the frames? Yeah. Maybe that's my fault. I just <laughs> moved the camera up, I guess. But You could, yeah. But the couch is pretty low, so I feel like it wouldn't be, like, a great angle. Yeah, yeah you can just get a banner. Um, but what is behind me is my baseball jersey from college and this sweet Pablo Picasso photo that I stole from my parents' old house. Nice. But I'm just going to say it's real. Uh, just because that, that I think it's cool. <clears throat> but anyways, I sort of asked you this question because that's how like um, kind of normal the question is. I mean, I think the question is very much used as a form to say hello, and I just did it like two minutes ago. Um, but I'm trying to make this question more important, and I'm trying to allow people to answer it more openly and honestly. Um, and so then I started a way of just starting the show off that way. So I'm gonna ask you again, but in a more serious way, and I hope you answer it honestly. Um, how are you doing, like for real? Uh, honestly, I'm doing pretty good, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think there's any bad thing that's actually going on. Been, I've just been pretty relaxing, <laughs> actually the last few weeks, yeah. last month, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. The only thing, yeah, I just gotta actually start doing stuff, but other than that, it's been pretty good. What do you mean? Like, I actually just started doing, like, writing and stuff. Like, mm. stuff that I've just been putting off doing. Yeah. But other than that, it's been, it's been nice. 
What was uh, what was twenty twenty like for you? Uh, busy just going to school. Going to school is pretty much the only thing I did. I still was was working. Then obviously pandemic happened, so mm-hmm. everyone stopped working. Right. But uh, I kept going to school. Taking taking twenty one hours a semester, so it's pretty pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a Monday through Friday, everyday type of thing. So that's literally what I did every day. So I have to kind of pass by the time. Sure. And yeah, that's yeah my whole life for all of 2020. Started in February and then kept going all the way and still going right now. It's still going on now. Is there two words that you could use to describe how you feel about 2020? That's hard. Yeah. Um, Unpredictable would obviously be one of them. For sure, yeah. And then... Uh, I guess the other one would be... Growth? Mm. Yeah, I feel like I grew, I grew a lot during 2020. Because you had to or because you wanted to? A little bit of both. I think because I wanted to at first and then... Had to, and then actually that really forced me to really want to. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a point like when you want to tr- uh, to grow, but then there's a point when you actually like try and actually really want to grow. Yeah. So I think I went through like that whole process. Because mm-hmm. there, there's a thing, and I think it's true, is that pain is our biggest motivator for change. Yeah. It was for me in my life, for sure. Yeah. 100%, no questions asked. Uh, do you think that's true? Do you think it's the same for you? I, I think uh, just pain or any type of. And I'm a very self aware person, so I can kind of tell when it's like, okay, I start to see a cycle happening. You gotta change some stuff up. Yeah. And then actually forcing that change into, into fruition. Because usually it just, it just randomly happens. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this today. Let's do it. Sure. Like applying for school. I knew I wanted to go to film school for forever. It just took me a long time to actually do it. And then it just one day I was like, okay, I'm gonna wake up today and do it. And I actually went and did it. Mm. So you're in film school. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I wanna hear I wanna hear more about your story. I knew you I know you grew up in Dallas, born and raised, you still live here. And I was born in Austin actually. Oh, you're born in Austin? Yeah, I was raised in uh, Mineral Wells. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then we moved here when I was thirteen. You moved here when you were 13, so yeah. you went to high school here. Yeah. Okay. Over in East Dallas, Brian Adams. Yeah, so tell, I mean, just, oh yeah. what was it like growing up? Uh, you know, what kind of kid were you? Did you have any big kind of dreams when you were younger? Not really. Um, I didn't have any real big dreams when I was a kid. I, I had a pretty normal childhood, like any kid growing up in the country, in a small town, like, walked to school, walked home from school, used to walk to the... Uh, gas station to buy like the little Debbies and stuff. Little Debbie. Yeah, like, I was. I thought it was the coolest thing. My grandma would give me like fifty cents and let me walk to the store to go, go buy some little Debbies. Yeah. Yeah. And now in hindsight, like thinking about it, I was walking pretty fucking far, like probably like half a mile. Yeah. By myself, like just to go get little Debbies. Yeah, like eight o'clock, like crossing like major streets and stuff, like by myself, just. But everyone's like, it's okay, totally fine. Like gas station people thought it was cool too. Like they all knew who I was, knew my grandparents and everything. And then um, played soccer for a little bit, played football, then moved to Dallas, and then, yeah, I feel like normal high school uh, experience also, yeah. Never really, yeah, I never really had to like deal with anything bad. Yeah, everything was pretty much like a typical upbringing for yeah. the most part. Right. What do you, 
mean, there's a diff. I think there's a difference, but I've never lived in small town Texas. I've only lived in big town Texas, playing in Dallas. I've lived in both. I think the biggest difference is just difference. Yeah, yeah. There's everything's there's very much like a more laid back sense of vibe, like. Obviously in Dallas, I don't think I would let my eight-year-old or like six-year-old kid walk like half a mile yeah. to the to the gas station by themselves. Like, sure. I really did grow up in a town like where you can leave your door unlocked. And, like we did leave our door unlocked a lot of times. Like yeah. it wasn't really until like we were absolutely going to bed is when it was when you locked it. So like that's one of the major differences. Just because like not because of crime, just because you were just comfortable with everyone. Right. You pretty much knew everyone. Even the people you didn't know, you knew them somehow because you knew someone in their family. Yeah, there was a link somewhere. Yeah, and so. It's just a lot, you feel more connected than you do in Dallas and, or in a big city. And I guess like also in a big city, since you feel less connected, there's more of a competition trying to stand out and try to like, I guess like be seen, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause I, um, I went to school, college and so- it's South Dakota, it's yeah. South Dakota state, like your typical like college town, like during the summer, there's literally nothing there. <laughs> yeah, no one there. And we always left our front door open when the house I lived at. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, you do feel like you know everyone. Like, obviously, didn't know everyone I went to school with. I went to school with like 15,000 people. Yeah. But you just feel like when you get into class, you're like, what's up? Yeah, you, you know probably I mean? know everyone. Like, there's yeah. like that instant connection or something. And that feels cool. There's a little bit of that. Like, I think that threads throughout all of Texas. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's just kind of like... The Texas thing. The south, the southern vibe. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a bit more challenging, you're right, in, in like obviously in a huge city like Dallas where there's yeah. so many different people and there's kind of this, there's always this hustle drive, like grind, grind, exactly. grind, right? Which is like, you know, hurt killing us, yeah. actually. Which is why kind of 2020, like you said, forced us to grow. Yeah. Because we had to slow down. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it forced a lot of people to grow. And take a look at themselves and just be like, okay, how am I going to change this? And I don't know, for me, it's like, okay, I've had to go through this pandemic, like, I'm sitting at home this whole time. I feel like it'd be a waste of all of this if nothing changed. If, like, I didn't get anything out of it, it'd be a waste. Like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm the same person I went into this with. Like, I feel like that was just a waste of sitting at home. Like, you can't do anything else, you can at least try to learn about yourself and try to fix your own problems. Like, hey, this is the only time I have now, so... Might as well try to fix those issues. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, if you're at your house by yourself. Yeah. Forced to be by yourself, just hanging out. Like, very unpredictably, like, not knowing this is coming. Yeah. Like, that's a that's hard. Yeah, like, what are you thinking? Really, yeah, it forces you to, like, after a while, I was like, okay, I've watched other movies I want to watch. I've watched everything. Yeah. So now I'm just sitting here, like. You're done distracting yourself, right? You really got to get down to the brass tacks of, like. Okay, who am I? Yeah. Like, what are my thoughts? Mm-hmm. What's my reality? No, like, why do I feel this way? And why do I feel like this? Like, why did I have this reaction to this kind of thing? Right. Because, like, you know, like, everyone has, like, those random moments when you think of, like, random stuff. So, like, that just, when you're by yourself and, like, during the pandemic, just kind of really forces you to actually think about those situations and actually reflect on them. Yeah. Okay, we're backtracking again. <laughs> <clears throat> so... Uh, you went to high school in Dallas. Yeah. When you What year did you graduate? In two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. And then what did you do after high school? Did you have a big plan or? No. Uh, after high school, I joined. Uh, well, I joined the military in high school, and then after that, you joined the military in high school. Yeah. As like a senior in high school. 
Yeah, it was like right at the beginning of my senior year, yeah. So what made, what was that decision? Like what? I just randomly did it. That was just something you... <laughs> I just randomly did it. It was like everyone who I knew around me, I was like doing stuff. It was like, okay, no one seemed to do anything that seemed like super interested that I wanted to do. And then and I just wanted to do something different, like actually challenge myself. Like, okay, like this seems actually... For some reason, my mind was like, this seems kind of fun. Like, let's see if I could do this. Like, it didn't really cross my mind. It's like, oh yeah, I'm signing a contract on my life for my life and everything. I was like, oh, let's just see if I can actually do this. And then once I actually like got in, I was like, oh, okay, this kind of just clicks. Like this is <laughs> pretty basic, like learning stuff. You just do what you're told and kind of like go with it. Like, so I don't just kind of fit, surprisingly. So you signed up for the army on a whim. Yeah, it really was. Like, I spilled something on my shirt one day, and, like, the recruiters were there. And, like, it's like, oh, let me go get one of these shirts really? so I can change it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he had to fill out one of those forms, and I filled it out. And then it was, like, maybe two to three months later, they called me, and I completely forgot about it. And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, I'll tell you down to have a conversation about this. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And so you just, you weren't like interested in it. You weren't like a, going to the gun range every no, day. Yeah, it really wasn't. Nope. And then they called you back and you were just like, yeah, let's Yeah, I was it. like, yeah. I was like, I tried out. I was, I was like, let's go for it. Let's see, let's see if I can do it. I was like, this sounds like fun. I was like, it sounds like different and fun, like kind of cool experience. And you didn't know anything about it? No. I mean, like, besides like what you see in stuff on the movies and stuff sure. like that, like, right, yeah. other than that, I really didn't know nothing about it. Like, I wasn't in ROTC in high school. Like, I made fun of those kids. Like, so. <laughs> I was in that. <laughs> oh, my <Come> bad. <laughs> my bad. That was in my freshman year, at least. Oh, okay. I liked it. I wanted to, I wanted to do something <laughs> like that, or at least I thought I did. Yeah, and it's like, I, that's why I was like, this is the most random thing ever. But then, once I joined, I absolutely loved it. It was like the best thing. It was one of the best experiences of my life. It's so much fun, completely, completely different. I it made you have, made me have completely different out, outlook and aspect on life. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, and I was like, that was my college experience. Like when everyone else was off to college and joining fraternities, which is like what I also wanted to do. Like this was my fraternity that I got to experience. Like that's how I took it as yeah, which was which is fun. Mm. Cause I have a buddy that I, so I was in ROTC, well, I'll get, I'll tell the whole story. <laughs> so I was in ROTC my freshman year. Mm -hmm. So I had like a strong interest in like the army and the military and stuff going into high school. So I did ROTC my freshman year, but then I couldn't do it the rest of my high school because I had, was playing baseball and you had yeah. like, there wasn't enough time to do both. Yeah. And then I started, so I started playing baseball a lot. Then I realized like, I wasn't really, I'm not like super tough. You know I, mean? <laughs> uh, I don't like guns at all. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, it just kind of like washed away. Yeah. Like it just, I never thought about it anymore. Played baseball, went to college and baseball, whatever. Um, and the, the one thing that you lose or you feel like you're never going to have again when you're done playing sports at that kind of high level is the, is the bond. Yeah. Right. Is the connection is like, I may not like every person on my team, like, let's go get a beer. Oh, yeah. But I know at least that we have a common connection with, with, uh, with baseball and that's cool as hell. Mm -hmm. And we're both on this team. We have this like one same shared passion and goal. And that like camaraderie is like unmatched. Like you can't, 
I'm, I haven't found that anywhere else in my life and just like as like a regular human. No, yeah, no, it's the same exact thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so my buddy, after we graduated, who played on the same team as me, was like searching for like some meaning in his life. Right? Yeah. Was like just doing some like random jobs and then uh, he always wore a a marine lanyard, mm-hmm. always. And we went to the bar a couple times together after he graduated and people would come to him and be like, thank you for your service. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, you're welcome. I'd be like, dude, you, like, you shouldn't do that. That's fucked up. Like, you didn't it do anything. all the time. You haven't done anything. And then, eventually, he saw a commercial on TV, and he was like, oh, like, maybe I should, maybe I should do it. And so now he's been in the Marines for two years now. Nice. And uh, my point of this whole story is that he feels like he's finally found this camaraderie again, this sense of team, the sense of belonging, the sense of unity that he had when he played baseball. And now he has it with, yeah. I think even at a higher level, cause these people are willing to die for each other, yeah, which is wild. I would have gone to a fight <laughs> for my teammates, but yeah. I would not have jumped in, a, in front of a bullet. For them, yeah. right? And there's a huge difference. I'll take a punch to the face for you. Yeah. Right. But that's like, so he's, he's experienced that in a high level and it's like something that it's really cool to see and watch him be like so proud of. And so, was that something for you, that you experienced as well? Obviously? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I have, it's really cool. It's like I have my friends I grew up with have known me like since high school, like for 15 years. And then I have my military friends have known me for like 10, almost like 13 years now. And they know me just equally, two totally different ways. And they both equally know me just as well. Yeah. And it's cool like to have like uh, the bond that I have with them is with my military friends is it's not it's incredible like whenever we're just texting if i feel their presence there like there i feel like they're there in the room with me so it's like even though we haven't seen each other in forever we talk every day so it's like you're pretty much there yeah yeah it's awesome i love it and that's not something you expected when you joined no yeah no it wasn't something like i was looking for it was really just like oh cool you instantly just become friends with people and then having to go through all these experiences together and which is really, the military is like 80% mental. So it's like going yeah. through like this whole mental stuff with all these people and you quickly grow a bond with them. Like even the people, like, like you said, you don't like, you still have a bond with them. And it's just that the ones you truly connect with, it's like, oh, well, these yeah. are my people. It's like, oh yeah, I, it's weird to be like, I don't know the kind of person I would be if I have never met you. Kind yeah. of things. like, and it's that those are the of, those are the bonds. Yeah, right? those are the weird bonds. It was like I honestly don't know who I would be if I didn't have met you, met you guys. And those are the kind of bonds that you get. That's like, yeah, these are the, this is awesome. Like I would die for these people any day. That's amazing. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, like, what did you do <coughs> while you were in the military? What was um, your job title? I did logistics, uh, but I ended up doing pretty much like. I think I did my job up once when I was on the uh, border. Uh, other than that, I did, when I was deployed, I was a gunner doing convoy security. Where, where were you deployed? Uh, to Iraq, southern Iraq. And then when I worked on the border with the Border Patrol for almost a year, there I did a little bit of logistics because I was the armor there for the unit. Then, other than that, just did a whole bunch of couple of just different missions just going around doing just different stuff. I went back to McAllen a couple of times to, I almost just provide like aid to help them set up uh, medical stuff, like give people shots and stuff like that and do school records. Uh, 
help train some people down at Fort Hood for deployment and stuff like that. That's pretty much was it for a while, and then just the normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But because there's so many 92 alphas to do logistics, like, it's very rare that you do your job. You end up doing so much other stuff. And when uh, when did that end? When did you get out of the military? Uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah. 11 years later. 11 years? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so something seems so random <laughs> to go on, like, on for 11 years. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's a long time. I know. <laughs> And so then what's it, what's it like just like leaving and like, is it, did you feel like directionless? Did you feel, uh, did you know your next path already? Is that why you ended? No, you do feel like a little bit directionless because you're like, okay, like I have this structure in my life and now I don't. And now I actually have the freedom to do whatever. And like for me, there's always been like stuff I've always wanted to do. Like I've always known I wanted to be in film when there's also other jobs I've always loved, like would love to have been a lawyer. Ended up with being a, a firefighter at one point. So it was like, all this was like, hey, what path do I really want to take? And so it was just searching to find out which one it was. And then finally just clicked. It was like, okay, cool. Movies, this is what, everything always came back to that, to movies. So it was like, this is pretty much what I have to do. Mm. Did it take you some time to figure that out? Yeah, it took a... Uh, like there, I was. I've been watching a lot of. Uh, I don't know if this is a right comparison, but I'll make it anyways. Hmm. Uh, a lot about Olympic athletes post uh, the Olympics. Yeah. So you train sometimes four years, sometimes eight years for this one specific goal, and a lot of these events only last you know four or five seconds. Yeah. Right, and then it's all over. Yeah. It's it. Like. And to be an Olympian is one of the hardest things to do on earth. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's only, you can only have one goal. That's it. I'm going to be an Olympian. You don't, can't have friends and family and a lot of your mental health suffers. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, if you're an Olympic athlete from America, you're in debt, 150, 200K, because the paper oh, yeah. coaches and nutritionists and all these things. Mm -hmm. And then you make it to the Olympics and that's amazing and you don't win a medal. Yeah. And then Still <laughs> one of the best in the world, tip of the arrow. Yeah. Right. But you. Like what? What do you do after that? <laughs> you have to just keep trying. You, you know, what I mean? just like, keep trying again the next year. And so, in my head, that is the as similar to you being in the military for eleven years and then all of a sudden not doing it. And like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Like, how do you just enter? Because they're they're entering back in civilian life as well. Yeah. Like, how do I be a real person? I don't have to be in the pool seventeen hundred hours a week. You know. Yeah. For me, it was just really just trying to figure out. Okay, what was it that I knew that I could I could do and not get paid for it so just be ha as happy? Mm. That's really what it was. That's it was like, okay, cool. if I'm going to do something, I want to be able to have a career that I'm happy at doing all the time. You like the moments when it sucks. I'm still yeah. happy. And everything always just came back to the film industry. Everything just always came back to it. Like, by the way. Even thinking like, okay, I could be a lawyer, a firefighter, all this stuff about, oh, this would be a great movie. I'm like, or this would be like great. Like anything always just came back to that. And then once I decided, once I took the tour of the film school, I was like, oh yeah, I'm at home. Yeah. Like, it was just instant. Mm. Cause like you said earlier, you have a lot of self-awareness. That takes yeah. a lot of self-awareness to know and to feel, yeah. to be able to recognize that feeling like, this is my gut telling me like. No, yeah, because like once actual it. school started, it was one of those things like, oh, uh, 
I feel like, oh, I've been preparing my whole life for this, like to learn all this stuff. Because it's almost one of those things like, hey, I know all this stuff that you're teaching me. I just don't know why I know it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, cool, I know all these camera angles. I know all this stuff, but I don't know why I know it. I just know it from my own watching movies and watching documentaries and stuff about movies. So I actually don't know the science behind it. I just know the art behind it. And so being able to go to school and learn the science behind it, it just makes everything just really just click and even more like, oh yeah, I, t I made the right choice and the right path. Hmm. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Is that how you felt about wrestling? How I felt about wrestling. Um, yes. Like when I first saw wrestling on TV when I was the summer before I entered high school, which is like kind of late. Yeah. Late bloomer. Um, so I kind of missed some of the, I missed the Stone Cold, you know, I missed the Rock. Yeah. But I saw John Cena and he's the best ever. Um, I mean, okay. Yeah, so I mean, what, yeah, I mean, when I saw I him for the first time. I as good as The Undertaker, but I mean, he's okay. Yeah. John Cena's way better than The Undertaker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I still like The Undertaker. He's cool. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and that's cool. I want to be, <laughs> be on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, yeah. Dream that. Same here. Or have Joe Rogan on my podcast. Do you think he would be a cool podcast? I think he would be a great podcast guest. Yeah. He's a good host, obviously. I think he would be more fun as a guest, yeah. Yeah. Have him. You know, give him a few Bud Lights, give him a few smokes. Exactly, it'll be good. Again, talking about <laughs> MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, oh, yeah. aliens, like yeah, yeah. the whole good stuff. He'd probably go on for like a three-day rant, just nonstop. Dude, did you did you see the one with him and Post Malone? Mm -mm. Oh man, hilarious! So I, this is at least what I think happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know, obviously, but like, Post Malone got into Austin, I guess like the night before mm -hmm. they obviously did some drugs oh obviously they drank and did drugs <laughs> all night didn't sleep and, and, and at all <laughs> and then was like hey let's they were like this they were just like probably in the house probably just chilling and they were like hey you just want me to go to the studio <laughs> they go to the studio they looked awful <laughs> <laughs> like but they looked awful in a way like i know they just had a great time yeah <laughs> and i'm like damn and they both have hats on and they just keep drinking bud lights post malone smokes like 712 cigarettes throughout the episode. I I Joe's, I think, smoking weed. And uh, they just looked horrible. But they talked about aliens for the first hour and a half, and it was awesome. <laughs> That's you can see how excited Post Malone is about talking about aliens. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and then, yeah. So that, yeah. I was just thinking about him being cursed. It was on like the revamp of the E2 Hollywood stories, and they're talking about celebrity curses. And he's cursed because he went to. The guy who has a ghost hunter show. Yeah, he was went like, on it. Yeah, and like he touched some book or something. And then ever since then, that's like once he touched like some book, it was ever since then he that's when the plane thing happened, like all that crazy stuff started happening after that. Wow. I mean he seems to be having pretty good luck now. No, yeah. Maybe he beat the curse. Maybe, but uh <laughs> You know what I, I know what beat the curse. <laughs> what? Bud Light. Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> the unofficial, official, unofficial, official, unofficial, official, officially, unofficially sponsor of this podcast and also apparently can break magical curses apparently. Uh, if you drink enough of them. I mean, I can see that. I you have to drink 5,000 of them. Yeah, a day. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a level you want to be on. No, yeah, don't. Don't ever. I'm not recommending that for anyone, please. <laughs> I had to put a disclaimer on this. Um, okay. Let's reel it back in, maybe. Yeah. That was good, though. I like uh, Post Malone tangents. Yeah. Um, okay, so you entered film school when? 2018? Uh, no, 2000. 
I entered in 2019 and I started in 2020, yeah. Okay. And when are you supposed to graduate? In May. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, but I guess <laughs> yeah. that's what I ask. Uh, and so this semester fully is just you making a movie. Yeah, that's what this whole semester is. And what's your movie about? We don't know yet. We all have to submit one and... And you just get a, someone ran, a random movie? No, they, uh... We're supposed to, like, have... Uh, we're supposed to pitch them also, um, but we haven't yet, so... Uh, the school board is going to probably just pick one out of the one out of the senior class who also made a one which is like six of us so mm. so it's not a lot to choose from so it makes it, your chances better but also makes it a little bit harder because it's only less to choose from yeah. it has to be pretty good what did you submit? I submitted two of them tell us about it uh, uh, one's like uh, like a witty dark comedy that's kind of like a cross between Jawbreaker and the perfect score mm-hmm. about these kids who break into a, break into the school to change their grades and end up accidentally killing the janitor. Mm. Yeah, and the other one's just uh, a slasher movie about these people who are randomly in a building and working on working, and they have like their own like little fight amongst their group of friends, and then some guy just locks them in and randomly starts killing them like one by one. Damn, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of dark humor. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't know if the second one is humor. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I love horror movies. You love horror movies. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it was only like fitting to have to write at least one. I know. I know you hate them. <laughs> See, I, it's not that I hate horror movies. It's that they, I think that I believe them so much <laughs> that they scare me like really badly. So I, I just choose not to watch them. You just watch something else afterwards though. I mean, if I, yes. Yeah, the problem is I usually I always like it's always something I'm doing at night watching you're a like, scary oh, movie yeah. and then like and then I can't sleep so then I gotta go to my parents house <laughs> where Chewie is and so then I feel warm and cuddly and I gotta keep the lights on and then I don't actually sleep and then you know because anytime you tell people that you don't you actually get scared of something they want to force you to do it no, yeah, just to see yeah. how you act and yeah, it's true. not and then it's like, and then I feel like I have to, if I'm, I'm like, there's more pressure on me. Yeah, it's so much more pressure because I'm actually scared of what's happening. Yeah. But then I feel like I also have to be more animated because they want me to be more scared. And it's like this whole thing. Yeah, you just start watching during the daytime. And so, I, if you put out a scary movie, <laughs> watch I'll it. watch it, oh, especially yeah. if they're only like 15 minutes. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I make it short and I make sure it plays during the daytime yeah. before you see it. But if you put like on a whole scary movie feature film on Netflix that's an hour and 30 minutes, like you're not I'll watch it. it in increments. In increments? Yeah. Okay. Like 15 <laughs> minutes at a time to the span of a month. Nice. So hey, that, it's not that bad though if you do it like 15 minutes once a week. It's not that bad. I could do it. Yeah. But I would have to write down what happens, though, because I would forget. Yeah. Because I've been watching <laughs> watch a lot of other shows. Yeah. So you just have to just keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get... Because horror movies have stories. Yeah. Or what if you just do, like, 15 minutes, then watch a TV show, then go back, watch another 15 minutes, and just ping-pong it like that? I could. I just got to make sure at least I have someone with me, a human or chewy, <laughs> and it's daytime. Yeah. Yeah, but I swear, if if you put out a movie, I'll watch it. <laughs> okay, All even right. if it even if it caused me to lose sleep for a little. <laughs> okay, I mean, if you have Chewy with you, you'll be good. I feel like I'll be good. Yeah, he doesn't get scared. Plus, he'll probably be sleeping. All he does is sleep. Yeah, he's pretty tough. He is tough. Yeah, he is tough. 
Didn't get it from me. <laughs> Didn't get it from me. Um, quick pee break. Pee break. Really, I'm just gonna go get another Bud Light though. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that supposed to? Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> no. <clears throat> okay. Um, did you did you write uh, like a lot in high school or when you're in the army? No. No. Not no. At all. Not, yeah. Not at all. Uh, yeah. I never really liked writing. I just liked telling stories. So, I mean, I just like talking. So, <laughs> but. Um, and I like movies. And I like, and I didn't, I'm not that much of a big of a reader either. So I don't know why I like writing movies so much. It just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I like it a lot. And apparently I'm pretty good at it. Not to toot my own horn, but. Two year old. That's <laughs> so what this podcast is for. <laughs> so I've been told. To speak highly of yourself. <laughs> so I've been told I'm pretty good at it. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't. My teachers and stuff. Yeah. 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 And uh, by some of the other students. So like, yeah, like I never really saw myself as a. As a writer, when I was in high school, but then when I thought about going to film school, I was like, "Oh yeah, I think I would like to be a screenwriter." Like, yeah, I like to tell stories. Like, I like to create these ideas and these worlds in my head and these scenarios. Was like, I don't know, because when I watch a movie or something, I'm always like, "Oh yeah, this is how this should play out." Or I'm thinking about the next episode or how the next, or I think the next episode is going to play out. Yeah. So it was finding like out how to actually put that on paper. It was fun. I guess that made me more inspired to be a writer because of that. Do you consider yourself a writer now? Yeah, yeah. Now for sure I consider myself a screenwriter. You wouldn't just say writer. You'd no, say yeah. screenwriter. Yeah, I'd say screenwriter for sure. Yeah, just because I, I feel like when you say a writer, it's like someone especially to be like, I don't know, like write a newspaper article or like a novel. And I feel like that's completely different than trying to write a movie. For sure, yeah. Yeah, which and then, which I think is harder for, I think it's easier to write a movie than it is to write like a novel. So that's why I feel like huh. a writing. I feel like to consider yourself a writer. I feel like that's like a prestigious title. It's like yeah, I'm a writer. Like yeah, it is be, prestigious. Yeah, so I feel like you should be able like to write a novel. Like I can write a novel. <laughs> like if I can write a screenplay for sure. Yeah, 130 page screenplay, I can do that. But can't do a novel. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I. I'm, I'm a terrible writer. Yeah. I'm, awful. I'm awful with words. I'm awful with grammar. Uh, no, I'm still horrible with grammar. Yeah. Um, any, I have this one, I have a friend, her name's Jessie. She's amazing. Um, but she doesn't, she lives in Phoenix mm-hmm. and she works in the social media department of, that's her, like her job. She handles social media. So anytime that I send out I, a tweet, <laughs> uh, an email, uh, anything, you send it to her she first. gets it, she proofreads it, and then she sends it back to me. Nice. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's so many like, like small errors. I just, I'm brutal at it. Dude. No, no, I suck at grammar to where like, even when I think I'm fixing a mistake, I just make the mistake worse. Like, I suck at grammar. I'm horrible at it. I always have to have people proofread my stuff. <sighs> well, yeah, but you're a, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're a writer though. Interior. People are reading your stuff and, and yeah. being like, uh, entertained and mesmerized yeah. by your words. I'm just putting out a tweet that I hope someone likes. <laughs> and they can't even read it because it's so grammatically <laughs> fucked up. So messed up. <laughs> and, th- and there's a lot of pressure to try to write something like 
250 characters. Yeah. You get, like, get like a whole message out. Yeah. I'm so glad you, I, I'm, I'm a big, uh, I, I do a lot of tweet threads. Cause I don't, always, when I get on the stream of consciousness, sometimes I have a lot to say. I think I have a lot to say all the time. I like Twitter. Yeah. And just like talking. Yeah. Uh, I like that I can make a thread and uh, I've used that quite a bit. Um, but yeah. Is there something that you, back to you, is there something that you've written um, that you feel really, in, like, you feel really good about? Um, is everything you feel good about? No, not everything. Like, I mean, I like everything I've written. And so sometimes it's always like, okay, yeah, this is better. The two things I think, or th- top three things I think are the best are, I had to write this short adaptation for class. Uh, I did an article about... Elizabeth Warner, which I don't even think that's her name. That's not her name. And now I just sound even stupid because uh, I wrote the article about her. I wrote a whole screenplay about her. But it's about um, one of the first uh, black students to get integrated in school in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, the article was just like these three paragraphs telling like her point of view from her words about uh, her experience. So I just wrote uh, a short little screenplay about the night before and then her like, actual journey of going on her first day. That's what I'm really proud of. Then the first feature I just wrote, I'm really proud of that one. It's a, not gonna like it, it's a zombie movie. But you tell me about <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one though. I mean, you like the first half of it, yeah. the first half isn't like zombie related it's at like all. A, it's like a rom-com. Yeah, so you like that part. Yeah, I love, good, I love a good rom-com. <laughs> yeah, it's just the second half is like, oh crap. Well, That's not worse than in increments. Yeah. Oh yeah, so then that would actually be better. So like, you won't have to remember that much because all the most of the stuff. I'll crush the first half. Yeah, you'll be good. And then after that, the other one I, I really like is the graduation. The the one that's kind of like the the one where the students break into the school and kill the janitor. Mm-hmm. I really like that one also. Yeah, those are my top three that I like the most. Is there something specific that inspires you for each some you write, or is it just kind of something that pops in your head? Or um, it kind of just pops into my head, but it's usually like. I'm usually inspired by something that I've already seen. Yeah. Like, for sure. I, uh, or if I get an idea for something, I usually get inspired to keep going with it by something I've already seen. Like, I'm huge, like, 90s, so tons of 90 movies and television. All of that is, like, a big inspiration for mo- most of it. Mm. Not so much so, like, characters and stuff. Like, there's been a couple times where I've written stuff for school where... It took place kind of like, I wrote like, uh, I wrote kind of a small little rom-com once and I had uh, the TV show Wonder Years playing in the background as I wrote, just so like, I can get into that vibe as a writer. So like, I do kind of stuff like that mm. to uh, help with inspiration, help kind of like, guide it. On that point, so I try to not watch wrestling that's happening like right now mm-hmm. before I wrestle because I don't, cause if I watch it, I'm like, I want to do that cause that was sweet. And then I'm just basically copying it and doing it on my show. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting exp- inspired by it, but I'm also just trying to do the exact same thing. Yeah. So I try to stay away from watching everything as it comes out super recently. Um, maybe watching stuff from back in the day or different things to still get inspired by specific movements and spots and things like that, but not literally copying, still being my own wrestler on the weekends when I wrestle. Yeah. How does how does that work for you? Like if you watch an amazing movie 
how does that that movie that idea not just like pop in your head when you're writing um or is that just doesn't happen at all it I don't know where it kind of doesn't it kind of doesn't like I'll go see I go see movies when they first come out if it's something I'm like oh yeah okay I have to see this yeah just like just cause it's like nostalgic I'm like yeah I have to go see this or it looks really good or when my friends tell me about it I go see it so like new movies don't really inspire me that much yeah I kind of see them just like okay cool this is like something fun to watch like it's it's weird it's like really it's like just childhood memories of stuff like those mm. those feelings of like for me like what inspires me about a movie is like the feeling that I get when I watch it like yeah. it's the feeling that I get when a line is said or when like a certain when they hold on a certain shot like that is the main motivation like inspiration so like I try to copy that feeling mm-hmm. in my writing more so than like the idea of like what's happening mm-hmm. and then when it does get to the point of like oh okay like I've seen this in this movie before like I try to I do try to make sure like okay I don't copy something exactly like I've seen before or if I do feel like it's going towards that way I just, uh, take a break from it and then come back to it later on yeah. like after like a week or two mm. just to give it a new fr- like fresh set of eyes yeah do you feel like you watch movies or consume anything differently now that you've like written things that oh for sure yeah uh, for sure with um with movies, I definitely watch like the cinematography. I like to, I, I judge it so much more now, mm. and I think about directing and stuff more about like, okay, why was this shot chosen? Why was this music and stuff chosen? And then with television, I'm more critical about the writing. I'm like, okay, this is what line was said. This is what everything was done for. Like, so yeah, with uh. With television, I'm more critical, like, look at the writing more, and then with the movies, I'm more about, like, the visual aspect of it. Mm. Does that make it more or less enjoyable for you? Or is it a little bit of both. A little bit of both, yeah. There's sometimes when I'm, like, there's sometimes I have to stop and tell myself, okay, like, okay, you're overthinking something, like, and I have to, like, be, like, I like watching stuff at home now just so I can rewind it in case the moments when I am, like, okay, I'm overthinking this too much and I'm taking myself out of the moment. So I try to watch uh, stuff at least twice. Because usually the first time, like if I watch it in the movie theater, I usually have to go see it again in the movie theater because the first time I was just like analyzing it to death. Mm. And so I usually have to watch it the second time to give like an honest opinion if I truly enjoyed it or not. Yeah. Has that, the way you consume art now, has that helped or hurt your creative process? I think it's helped. Yeah, I think it's definitely helped because it's helped me Figure out, okay, if I didn't like this, why I didn't like it, and help me almost kind of find my own voice yeah. about, okay, this is what I didn't like about this, so let me change, this is how I would change it, and help me kind of like guide my own, my own voice instead of just going strictly off of what I like from what someone else did. Because I feel like if I just liked what everyone else did, I would easily fall down the path of just recreating other stuff, so... Right. So it's the, okay, I don't like this. Let me try to change this and figure out how I would change it. Because there's a lot of times when I watch the movie, it's like, oh, I would have did this differently. or like this. But like, I understand why they did that. Yeah. But I would have chose a different way of doing it. And that kind of like pushes my creativity. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because creativity, we talked about this when we had coffee the other day. Um, creativity just comes and goes. Yeah. You know? And it's hard to... Um, I mean, I think there's... For, for really creative people, those who make really, really special art, uh, I think they can they have their their mechanisms to to kind of drive it to the forefront of their body. Yeah. But but really, I think it's 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 really random, and you yes. have to be you have to be like have this openness to always receive like this wave of creativity that comes. Yeah. And be able to just like you know put yeah. it somewhere at the time and place that it happens. Oh yeah, I'm a big proponent of like I always have a, I always carry a notebook around with me. I always use the notes on my. Uh, that notes app on my phone, yeah, like crazy. Uh, just because I randomly will just think of something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I need to write this down before it just leaves my mind. Because it won't even like be a full idea. Sometimes it's just like a quote or something that I hear, or like a piece of a conversation that I find interesting. And it's like, cool. I want to remember this because of how this person said it, and that just drives off to a whole new story from there. Mm. So like, I always just try to. I was like inspired by like random stuff so I always try to write as much stuff as down as I can as possible just to catch those random moments because they do come yeah. at random times absolutely they do yeah I think that's where that's where the magic happens though, yeah you know um, do you think you'll ever uh, I mean I, yeah do you think you'll ever <coughs> write about your time in the army you think that'll be I feel like, something that you create I feel like I would and probably will at some point I just don't know how to do it. Just because I don't want to do it just like a typical, okay, this is me, this is my experience kind of thing. Yeah. But I also don't want to make something that's just generic and doesn't feel real or personal. Mm. If that, yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't want to not feel real and not feel personal at the same time because I want it to be something that people who have been in the military could be like oh yeah cool I can relate to this this is true mm-hmm. then also people who haven't been in could see it and not feel like an outsider watching it yeah yeah do you, do you think your your journey and your time in the military was like pretty typical or do you think it was different than someone else's or like unique in a sense just to you Obviously, it was unique to you and because it's you and your life, but I think uh, a I think lot of people have. Both. I think yeah. it was both. The thing was about 50 50. I think it's pretty equal and typical experience, and also a pretty unique experience just because it's me and my personality and like the way I think and the way I challenge thoughts and everything. So I think it was typical, but then also. Not typical. Mm. Because, I mean, it's very... I don't know, very, like... I guess, I guess the best way to say it is, I guess, I understood the military. Like, it's like, cool, I get this thought process of how this lifestyle is. Mm. So, it's just like, hey, cool. I get this. Then also, is, hey, this is me and my personality. Yeah. So, it does challenge at times. Sure. But, for the most part, I would say I had a pretty typical experience. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say most of I had a pretty typical experience. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Do you, because um, I know you're, you're wearing the, uh, for people that can't see, the You Are Loved wristband. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, some people who will, will watch this will have watched your You Are Love video. Oh, cool. That we put out together. Um, <clears throat> but you said that you didn't really write a lot at all when you were in high school or in the military. Yeah. Do you think now that you do write and you have a very strong creative outlook, outlet, um, that your mental health has improved with that? Oh, yeah. I think so for sure. Just because it's, like you said, an outlet to write stuff down and like to express emotions. And also, like, it's very easy to, whenever, because whenever I write and I write characters, I I can truly feel like whatever I'm writing, like, I can feel like that emotion of the character. So it's a good way to kind of like get some of your own emotions out mm -hmm. when you're writing stuff down. And so it makes it, it is, yeah, I think it's very therapeutic and very, very good. For sure. Yeah. And especially when you're being able to like write a character and like you actually to write dialogue because you can actually just write down a lot of stuff that one that you're saying or that you're thinking or that conversations that you oh, think that you should have had or that you wanted them to have or how you think they should have gone. So I think it's very like, yeah, very therapeutic because you can almost take a situation and recreated with different endings and different scenarios so you can actually play it out like oh this is how this could have happened if i handled it this way this is how it could have happened if i handled it this way and actually just see different uh i don't know, see yourself through characters if you truly want to or yeah. try to yeah do you think that could also be a detriment too because you could get lost in those oh yeah for sure yeah so is there a way that you kind of keep that balance um yeah i always try to Think about am I? Yeah, I always try to go back, uh, making sure I hear my character's voice, well, not just my own. Mm -hmm. But they're like, I have to. I'll go back and reread it a few times, and make sure like that it still has a flow to it. And I didn't like because you can start to tell it's like okay, after you restart rereading, you're like, cool, this is this character, and then you be like, oh hey, no, this is me right now. <laughs> this is me projecting through this character. I need to change this up and change the wording or like how it's said and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having the outlet is, uh, it's immeasurable. Yeah. It's immeasurable. Like I, I started journaling a while ago and my, in my journal there's not like a bunch of coherent thoughts. Yeah. Like, it's just like if anyone stuff. reads it, it's like, it doesn't make sense. But to me it makes sense, right? Cause yeah. it's, a, it's a concrete way to literally get out anything that's happening in my brain on a sheet of paper. And then I think a lot of a lot of what what mental health is is that we get in our obviously we get in our head, but we feel like when we feel really bad, we feel like this feeling is never ever going to go away. Yeah. I'm going to feel like this forever. And that's what our mind is telling us, right? It's obviously tricking us to tell us that we're going to feel like this forever. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I've really felt terrible and sad and bad, writing that out in a journal and then looking back at it three days a week later and being like, oh, I feel good today. These feelings don't last forever. Yeah. And that's a, that's a reference point, right? I can go back and always be like, because when I do get sad or whatever again, because it's obviously going to happen, yeah. that's part of life. But I can go back and be like, no, the last time this happened, my mind was telling me that I was going to feel like this forever. And what rea reality is, it's not. Yeah. Because I, you know. That's a good process to have. And so that's for me what like, not only getting my feelings out on a, on a piece of paper, but also being able to look at them and be like, 
this is not true. Yeah. This is what is true. This is reality. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier of self-awareness, right? Having a mindfulness of like your thoughts and your yeah. actions and, and who you are and what your gut is telling you. And, and so, yeah. So you don't have to go be a full-blown screenwriter, right? Yeah. To use, uh, to use the journal or the paper yeah. um, to get your feelings and emotions out. And you never know. It could be magic gold. Yeah, it's like, I've even told people, like, sometimes one of the best things is, like, during an argument, uh, it's like, you know, whenever you, all the stuff you want to say to someone, sometimes it's best just to write it down. Because once, sure. once you write it down, it's like, it takes, I don't know, it takes, like, the weight off of it. It's like, wow, like, cool. I've actually gotten it out. Because sometimes that's all it is, like, you just need to get it out. Not necessarily to someone or to like a person or like out to the universe you just gotta like get this out of me like i need to physically write this out or say it and you just feel it like a breath of fresh air like you feel it lift mm-hmm. off of you a little bit so like i definitely think it's just right writing always just been great like you say you don't have to be full on screenwriter but like no, like you be, said just writing yeah. stuff down just <laughs> makes it the best none of it you're i'm the only person looking at it exactly you know I mean? and it makes sense to me exactly you know and that's what's important and it's cool to look back at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for any of the people that come to me for help, uh, that's what I say. Like, you're going to be able to look back at this journal in your whole journey of healing and self-discovery and all this stuff. And you're going to look back and be like, you thought these things six months later. Now you think these things. Yeah. Right. That's re- that's like real tangible growth. Like, because for some, it's very hard to see that you've grown as a person, right? Yeah. Because it's not like... If you're trying to lose weight, right, you can see that you lose weight. Or you're trying to get in better shape, you can physically tell that, right? But the mind is in this invisible thing, but it's like literally the most important thing ever, right? And so if we can have some sort of tangible, concrete thing to actually look at and see our growth. Oh, on this day, I thought this. Six months later, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. That's amazing. You actually have proof. Yeah, like it's more you know motivation for yourself. Like, oh yeah, like this is actually this is actually working. I'm actually getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you actually look right, you can see that when you start focusing on mindfulness and your mental health, your relationships get better. You're creating deeper connections, right? Yeah. Usually, you're in like the flow state more often, so you're looking more optimistically at life. So you're actively seeking those better and positive things. And so, if you're really aware. You can see all the amazing things in your life yeah. right off the rip. Um, but for some, that's hard to, to gain that clarity and that confidence. Yeah, it is um, for some people. Which I tell them, just like, I mean, I don't know a way to tell them to do it. It's like you just have to just keep trying and trying. And mm-hmm. then after a while, you just start to acknowledge yourself and know, start to pick up on your, your cues of like, okay, this is what I truly don't like. This is a trigger for me. This is not a trigger for me. And really be able to start to get the self-awareness to really navigate through everything. Yeah. I like what you said there, like truly start to acknowledge yourself. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like you have to actually know what's, what you like, what you don't like, what's bothering you and actually know what to the core what it is. Yeah. Were you always able to show up? Because ever since I met you, you've always showed up like very authentically like, oh. <laughs> as yourself. And that's not, that's like fucking hard as shit. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah. Because the world tells us to be a certain way. Yeah. You know, whether you're a black guy, a white guy, a Jew, you know, yeah. it doesn't like, 
It's yeah, no, it's very hard. You have to be a certain way. And ever since I met you, you know, six, five years, well, it's 2021, so yeah. six years ago now, you've always showed up, like just as yourself. Yeah, is that something that your parents taught you? You just figured the fuck out. You were just like, I'm just gonna be me. Is yeah. it something you had to fake for a while? Now, these are like my parents just instilled in me, just being who you are and just being part of who you are. Just like, hey, I, not even just my parents. Things just like my growing up, my surroundings. Everyone has just been, yeah, okay, this is who you are. Be who you are. Like everyone around me is pretty much them, is themselves. So it kind of forces you to be yourself. Yeah. And so, and like my family very much will call you out on your flaws. We're like, hey, yeah, you need to work on this. Like, sure. you're messing up in this area. Like, fix this. So, it causes you to like, okay, yeah, like I know these people are gonna call me out if I mess up. Like, fine, if I don't have my uh, shit together, which they do all the time. Like, but also they'll let you have the path to make your mistakes. Mm. And then when you make them, I know for sure when I was a kid, whenever I made a mistake, not only did I get when I got punished for it, it was. This is why you're getting punished for this mistake. Mm. This is what you did wrong. This is why you did this wrong. This is, so it helped me be able to be like, okay, this is what I did. Now I know if I'm going to do this, I'm doing this for a reason. Like I do this because I want to do this. Like, and I think, I don't know, just always allowed to be like, okay, yeah, this is me. Take me, leave it. Like, this is who I am. That's a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know for sure, like. I don't know, my, my family loves me, like, so I was always was like, I know no matter what, like, I'm loved, and yeah. I love myself, so, <laughs> at the end of the day, is that's just what it comes down to, is like, I love myself, so, it's nothing yeah. that really, you, I was like, I also don't value people's opinions, like, I do, like, obviously, everyone values people's opinions, but to the point to where, it's not to where I let it guide me, mm. it's just like, okay, cool, this is your opinion of me. Let me reflect to see if this is something I need to change about myself or is it something that you need to deal with? Because those are two different things. Yeah. There's sometimes it's like, okay, that this is just me and you're going to have to deal with this if you want to be around me. And then there's times it's like, okay, this is an actual problem that I should probably work on. And I feel like that's just the thing you have to, one, just learn about yourself and then if you actually care about other people, you're willing to fix the things that are wrong with you that's causing them pain. Yeah. I just noticed your shirt too. <laughs> hey Joel, you can go. People on this, people on the pod know you. What's up, pod? Yeah. Scudder gang. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Where'd you get that shirt? Is it like a, a brand? Yeah, it actually is. It's called Lone Star Queer. That's their brand name. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's out of Austin. Of course it is. Yeah. Everything cool like that comes out of Austin. It is. Yeah. We need a cool brand. We need cool brands like that here. I suppose there's nothing really. <laughs> yeah, there's no really cool brands in Dallas actually. Now I don't even know any cool brands in Dallas, or like any brands that come from Dallas really. I don't know any. Yeah, everything that I know really comes from either Houston or Austin, like clothing brands wise. Yeah, yeah. Dallas, get on it. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of that, was it? I mean, of your shirt and and with your parents, was it easy to tell your parents that? Oh, kind of, yeah. It was just like, it was always just like a, hey, like, this is who I am. I'm going to tell you this. And then it's like, okay, well, like, my parents never made me ever feel like I couldn't tell them that I was gay or that I was, it's like, yeah, they never made me feel like it was not going to be accepted. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Not, and it's just not like anything like they did, just like them being themselves. Like, they've just never, ever made me 
<laughs> feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you, actually, like my whole family is ever like, I've been really blessed, like <laughs> to where, like to where, like I've taken it for granted a lot. Just to where I've never, I'm one hundred percent myself, just because my family has always allowed me and encouraged me to be they myself. That. Yeah, without them actually doing it like they just did it just like okay yeah you be you like if this is what you want to do then do that without them even realizing yeah it. like if this is what you want to wear to school wear to school like if this is what you want to do they've always let me know i've had choices to make my own decisions and have allowed me to do them so my question now would be if someone is in is in your shoes they look like you yeah right but they don't have the same family structure that you did and they wanted to be themselves and they yeah. want to come out like what kind of advice would you give to them do you know it's the hardest thing ever it was just like at one point it was just like you just gotta just do it and it was at some point it's like i was hoping it was like yeah you just gotta just do it and come out and sometimes it's almost like is that even worse than like don't even tell them like not even like not as a don't tell them like hide it as yourself it's like if coming out is going to Actually having to tell, go and say in the words, oh, I'm gay is going to be an issue. It's going to cost so much other stuff. As I don't even do, I still live your life, like 100% who you are, but you don't have to have that conversation with them to live your life. Yeah. You can still live your life 100%, be yourself, still have girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you want to, and still just allow them to be in your life and let them choose. Like, yeah. cool, this is, this is who I'm still going to be. You guys can choose to be in my life or not. You don't have to, I think a lot of people are, have the fear of like, oh, what if, like, if someone leaving you, it's like, cool, let them leave you. I'm always at the point, if someone doesn't want to be in your life, don't let them. Yeah. Because it's just going to cause more pain. Yeah. I've, I don't, I'm not an opponent of fighting for people who don't want to be there. Because if you don't want to be there, then what's the point of me keeping you here? Mm. All we want to do is fight. There's going to always be something for you trying to get away. Mm. So even when it comes to family, like, which I guess is kind of hypocritical of me to say since I have such a loving family, but also I do feel strong. Like if my family didn't accept me or wasn't like, okay, sorry, like, that's your problem, not mine. Like you can't take on someone else's disdain for you and make that your problem. Like, that's their problem. You still have to just live your life and be happy because, I mean, they're going to live their life and be theirs. Like, there's stuff about, I mean, everyone has stuff like, there's stuff about my parents that I don't like. I'm like, okay, cool. Sure. Like, it's not gonna, I'm not going to not love them. Yeah. So, if you don't want to be a part of my life, then cool, sorry. Like, that's you missing out on me. Like, that's not me missing out on me. Like, I'm still an amazing person. Yeah. Still a great person. Obviously, you raised me to be a great and loving person. So if you don't want to be around the person that you raised me to be, then obviously you have a problem with yourself, not me. Yeah, because it's not really, it's not really about if you, just, I think it's about just first being honest with yourself. Yeah. And then once that bridge is passed, because I'm sure that's hard. I'm obviously never dealt with it. I don't know what that means or yeah. what it feels like. But I think once that bridge is passed and you're like, okay, this is how I feel. This is who I am. This yeah. is who I feel attracted to. Then that once that bridge is passed, I feel like everything else. Yeah, I just feel like it once can be you, a little bit easier. It's probably still super fucking hard, but man, it's still it's still hard, but it gets easier once you fully accept yourself and you truly are like, okay, cool. This is who I am. 
100% all the way through with the good and the bad makes it the rest of life easier. It makes all the other bullshit that comes along with it easier because you don't have to worry about who you are. Mm. It's like, cool, there's all this other stuff going on. At least I know who I am. In the midst of all this chaos, at least I'm grounded with the fact that I know who I am and I know where I stand with my thoughts and my opinions. And so it just makes it makes going through the bullshit a lot easier. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, that's where the true magic happens. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like so most of the time people get mad at or like just like gay people and stuff. It's like it's really not because of our sexuality. It's really just I feel like it's just a fear of someone being so free of knowing exactly who they are that it bothers you in some way, shape, or form because you're not that free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really just all it is. Like yeah. either. Em- Emotionally, sexually, or like somewhere in your life, you don't feel free. And so seeing someone else who is truly free to be whoever they want to be bothers you. That's really what it comes down to. That you just don't feel free in your life. And how do you think we um, like, I don't know if educate is the right word or just like inform or like because we're not gonna ch- no one's gonna we're not gonna change anyone's mind oh yeah they have to change their own mind first they have to change their heart and then they have to change their mind but what kind of um I mean, I you like, know what I'm trying to say yeah I feel like the only like the change is just like like you have to put you have to be around people who are different from you yeah you know, that's the only way to do it is like you have to challenge yourself to be around people who think differently look differently have different upbringings even ones you don't agree with like sure. that's what you truly have to do to grow and to because you have to remember it's like cool this person doesn't agree with me but they're still a person and a human being and so there's something in their life that has caused them to like for them this is how they truly believe this is what I truly believe so like you have to just know that a cool like this is their life that's shaped them to be like this and we may not agree on it but you could still disagree on, on and still be civil and still be friends and then just until you start taking away someone's rights is when it comes to problem. Yeah. It's like, cool, you can disagree with my lifestyle. Cool, that's totally fine. You have every right to do that. I have no problem with that. It's until you start saying, I don't deserve the same rights as you. That's when we have a problem. But other than that, it's like, cool, yeah, you can disagree with my lifestyle all you want to. Like, you have that right to. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. Mm. And I think that's when you get past people's opinions of you. Is a big thing is like that's what I feel like a lot of the hangers is people's opinions of it. It's like they don't really matter. They don't matter until they actually start taking something away from you. Mm. Until something is until someone else takes something away from you, like I feel like their opinion doesn't matter. Like, cool, dislike me all you want to for however I live. But until that doesn't matter to me. Like until you're actually keeping me from doing stuff that should be just a right that comes to everyone, then we have an issue. Hmm. You're so right, though, right? I mean, it just boils down to hard, uncomfortable conversations with yeah. people that we don't necessarily see. Out <laughs> yeah, with, right? it's really good. I'm just having the hard conversations and actually listening to each other and listen to understand and not just listening to like, so you can reply. Yeah. You have to like, truly listen to understand where that person's coming from. Hmm. And, and yeah, you also made a good point about if me and you are having a conversation, I don't know you, we come from different places, the goal doesn't really need to be that I need to like you at the end of it. Yeah. Because no matter how much, we're not just, we're not designed for everyone to like us. And I'm exactly. not, and I, 
I can't expect everyone to like me when I don't even like everyone. You exactly. Know what I mean, but there's exactly. a di- there's a difference between liking someone and just respecting the fact that yeah. what they do is for them and it's okay. Exactly. Besides, like raping and murdering yeah. and all these horrible things. It's besides that, it's like, yeah. that's not the topic. But exactly. You know. Well, besides uh, that, it's like your gender, you your sexuality, it. like those things. I don't have to like it. Yeah. But but the conversation should allow me to understand it better, which mm-hmm. is the only way that you can respect something. Exactly. And I can respect it. Yeah. And that's it. That's the bridge right there. I it think. is. It really is. This is what it all comes down okay. to. At the end of our conversation, I don't need to be like, oh, I should let's go see a movie. Yeah. But I can if I like ever see you and walk past the street, I can be like, yeah. Cool. And that's it. Yeah, it's like, cool. I understand your point of view. I understand where you're coming from. We may not see eye to eye, but I understand why you feel this way. Yeah. And that's just what it comes down to. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's what 2020 was about, right? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was out there for us. And I was forced a lot of people to be like, oh, hey, this is a lot of stuff that's going wrong with our country and with just people in general. Like when you're forced to stay at home and then not do anything else. Mm-hmm. And you just, it's like, oh, everything is just slapped into the face. It's like right there. It's like, oh. Twitter is just a huge wake-up call, I think, for our country. Super important. The most yeah. important year ever, at least for in sure. my lifetime. No, yeah. Yeah. I think anyone who's alive right now, 2020 is by far like the most important life, the yeah. most important year. Like if people were alive during like the World War and all that and now alive now too. Yeah. Then, I mean, they've gone through a lot. They have. You know, and they've seen the whole trajectory of everything. <laughs> for real. From like, you know, and it's still still being around and, and still needing some issues, you know, having issues yeah. today and it mean just us. But like, yeah, that's what 2020 was. Forced growth. It was. It was forced growth for everyone. Yeah. Super necessary and imperative. Yeah. And growth is never fun. It's never it's never an easy process. It's always it's always a messy process. Yeah. It's always uncomfortable. It always comes from something shitty. Yeah. And something hard. Yeah, it's never just like, hey guys, let's all get together and let's fix some problems. Like, no. Yeah, because we take something. We should. Yeah. We should do that, but always it's but but we're human, so we can't. Like it takes traumatic stuff for us to be like, okay, yeah. We need a change. Yeah, because nothing, if everything goes, you know, the same all the time, there's no indicator that I need to change, even though exactly. we do all the time. Um, but then, you know, horrible shit happens and this happens and that happens. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. And 2020 was just like one right after the other. Yeah. Like, the, oh, wow. Yeah, like, the, this is a nonstop. Yeah. A giant collective trauma. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think we're on, we're, our trajectory, our path yeah. is, um, is good. Yeah. I think we're, we're headed I, in the right direction. Yeah. I feel like everyone's slowly starting to feel like, okay, like maybe there is a way out of some of this yeah. chaos that's going on. There is hope. Yeah. I feel like everyone's starting to kind of feel like that. Like, okay, like maybe like the dust hasn't settled yet, but like, no, there's a lot of work yeah. to be done. Yeah. But like we can slowly start to see like that little small, small little North star of like <laughs> light. Like, okay, yeah. maybe there's something out there. The lights, the light, the, the sun is poking through the clouds. Yeah, for sure. sure. Absolutely. It is awesome. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> was this, what, how many podcasts have you ever done in your life? This is my first one. This is your first one. Yeah. Wow! First one. You crushed it. Yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you. He I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah. This is my yeah, first I one. No, I listen, yeah. listen to myself talk for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever had to do that. I feel like I had to probably get ready for that in this industry. 
Yeah, I mean, you want to start your own podcast. Yeah. Well, not even just that, like, but also just being in the film industry, like being in the entertainment industry in general is just a whole different beast and lifestyle. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of talking about yourself and getting comfortable doing that. For sure. And I don't ever, like, try to come off as conceited and stuff because I'm already a confident person, so I try to tone back as much as I can. Don't tone anything back. No, yeah, so, like, I, remember, I never want to... Don't tone it back! I know, so, like, that's why I talked to, like, in interviews about myself, I was like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. Because I always just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm showboating this shit because I feel like I've accomplished a lot. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done this, this, and this. And you have like, accomplished a lot. Yeah. That's why I asked you. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. But it's not, it's different than an interview, right? I'm no, yeah. asking you to tell me about true, it. True, true. It's not like because just, there's a story behind it. There's a... There's a reason behind it. There's a, something that can resonate with someone else to inspire them to go and do what you're doing, right? Oh, yeah, true. It's not just like, I did this, 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 <laughs> Let this, me tell this, you about this, my this, life. This. No, there's like, you know, there's some cool things behind it. There's a there's a story that's why you're writing, right? Yeah, true, it's like, true. You know, and hopefully when you have 16 movies on Netflix. <laughs> right? And uh, the goal. And have people you seen ask at you, least three of them. Yeah, I've seen at least three of them, <laughs> yeah. especially if they're not horror movies. Yeah. And when you do these cool podcasts and you're on Joe Rogan, he'll ask you really cool questions too. True. But mostly just turns into a conversation, really. Yeah, you it really know? does. Which makes it a lot easier. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's that initial start of like, okay, here we go. And right. start talking about myself, but then once you get into it, it makes it easy. And plus, you're an easy person to talk to. You make it easy to talk to. Like, you're a good interviewer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you make thank it easy you. to uh, talk to. I, do tr- I try really hard. Uh, I take a lot of pride in this podcast. Um, and I do watch every episode back. Do you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because I uh, I think I had a tendency. I still do it for sure. But I think I had a tendency early on in my podcasting career, or at least in my conversation career, to not let someone finish their thought because I had this like amazing thought about what they said. <laughs> you just cut them and off. I was cutting them off just like in an aggressive amount. <laughs> <laughs> and we would never get to like the... The pinnacle of where I wanted to get to, and I was like, "Oh, that's because I fucking fucked it up. <laughs> that's because I, I botched the whole thing." Uh, no, I think you're doing great. Yeah, I think you, I think you're a great interviewer. Like, yeah, you're really easy to talk to. Thank and you. all the podcasts I've seen, like everyone just feels comfortable talking to you. They do. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they do. Well, mostly because they're all my friends. Yeah, for a while. So, yeah, that makes it easier. And uh, yeah, and, and I try. I try to be like a you know warm, gentle host. Um, but uh, thank you. Yeah, no, no thanks, problem. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, my first podcast. I mean, there's going to be a lot, especially if you drop feature films. <laughs> you're on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. Oh, uh, so that's the goal. And you're going to have your own podcast about sex, sex yeah. talk, sex education. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be cool. Um, do you have any closing thoughts, closing remarks? Wise um, wisdom you want to share to any of the listeners before they turn this podcast off? I don't know. I guess I would just say, just be... As cheesy as it sounds, like just be true to yourself and just give yourself a hundred percent. Ooh, yeah. Like, like instead of like you know, like give a hundred percent to your job and everything, like give a hundred percent to yourself. Like, give a hundred percent to being your true self. Wow, that made me think. Yeah, that. and that just made, and I feel like that was that was an original quote, by the way. I feel like I should copyright it because. <laughs> so I'm. A, I got a quick little story. I know instead of closing thoughts, but. So there's this guy named Tim Ferriss. He's like a huge podcaster. I don't know if you ever listened to his podcast. Mm. But he always asks this question at the end of his uh, episodes. He said, if you could put any phrase on a billboard that would be seen by millions and billions of people, what would you put on it? 
And that <laughs> that made me think of that because that that would be on your billboard. Oh yeah, yeah, it would. Give a hundred percent to yourself. Give a hundred percent to yourself. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's on the fucking billboard. <laughs> it's on the billboard. Tim Ferriss, watch this. <laughs> Put it on your billboard. Right. He should. In the middle of downtown Dallas. I can't just buy a billboard and do it. I mean, we can. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much billboards are expensive. Are they expensive? I don't, probably not. I don't know, but uh, it also uh, sparked an idea in me that we should just make a shirt for You Are Loved. Put that Oh yeah, that you should do front. that. You should do that. There's a logo on the back, and we'll just partner on it, and we'll just give it to... Do it. I don't know what that charity of your choosing. Yeah, I'm down for that. You okay. Should, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Fuck yeah. Yeah, okay, awesome. Joel's back from the Wally World. Woo woo. Wally World is fun. <laughs> and we just came up with a new t-shirt. Uh, and, I mean, things are great. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> give 100% to yourself. Yeah. That's it. What color is the t-shirt? Uh... I don't know, I guess. I think it's like black or white or like navy blue. Navy blue. Yeah, navy blue. Yeah, we love navy blue. Yeah. White, white letters? Yeah. Yeah. I have a navy blue wall in my house. Can you design it? I mean, I can attempt to design it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. My me attempt to design is, I like, my is just words on a shirt, so. Yeah. <laughs> Go to customink.com. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have more creative stuff with clothing than I do. Maybe. Consider like you created like your whole entire wardrobe for wrestling. That's true. <laughs> I've got a lot of sparkly underwear. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Wow. This is the best episode. I try. Um, okay. Give 100% to yourself. That's it. Yeah. Closing thoughts. Um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, subscribe, write, comment. Um, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. If you didn't like it, tell me why. I would love to know. Um, but yeah, cheers. Have a good night. Bud Light. Bud Light. Bud Light.